Jair Lee. Welcome to the Active Life Podcast. Hey, Sean. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I've, I've been looking forward to having you on this since August of 2017 when I first met you. That's right. That we met about a, more than a year ago now. Yeah, I was. Uh, so, so to tell a brief story to everybody, it was uh, right after the CrossFit Games in 2017. And I'm like, look, I love helping CrossFitters, but I can't only help CrossFitters. We have to be helping more than just CrossFitters or our market mm-hmm. is too small and we can't do what we want to do for the world. So I went and visited Exos, which is a sports performance facility that does corporate wellness and military services and all of these mm-hmm. phenomenal things that I'll let Jair talk about in a little bit. And Jair was there. We had a mutual friend in uh, Drew Gurton. Oh, that's right, Drew. <laughs> yeah. And I was just, I got to watch Jair coach a bunch of different classes. And your passion was so clear to me. Sure. You know, that I was, it was the first time in a while that I got to be the student, if that makes sense. Yeah. And being the student was, was so cool. So I was blown away by your passion, your presence, you. your, your attention and your intention. And I, I, you know, as you know, I was kind of stuck to your shoulder the rest of the time we were there. Yeah. We're 10 buddies. <laughs> right. So, so if you could just tell the audience a little bit about what you do there, that would be great. I would love to give them just a little bit of background straight from your mouth. Thank you. Um, once again, uh, Sean, thank you for having me. This is, uh, this is an honor to be able to come to your podcast and be able to share a little bit uh, about my experience and just have a conversation with you. Um, so once again, my name is Jair Lee. Uh, I'm a performance specialist for Exos. I work at the Exos Arizona, which are the headquarters for the company. Um, uh, for about seven years, I was a performance specialist, meaning that I was coaching athletes uh, anywhere between eight years old all the way to professional and retired. Um, once in a while, I will take care of the uh, adult groups uh, when you know I had the substitute uh, as a coach, but uh, my primary role was to coach athletes. Um, uh, now, starting this year, um, fully dedicated to the education team, meaning that at Exos, we have um, an, uh, a big education program with different courses that we teach uh, all around the world. And now I'm fully dedicated to go coach uh, or teach these courses, which are intended for other coaches, personal trainers, physical therapists who want to learn about the Exos training system and they want to uh, apply this system to their system so in other words i'm coaching the coaches now uh, which is a a very interesting experience uh, because coaching is teaching and teaching is coaching so i'm still doing the same i'm still a coach (laughs) that's true so the the thing that i think when when i was in arizona in scottsdale Mm -hmm. uh that was most memorable for me about that trip besides by the way putting my hand on the metal fence in the middle of summertime yeah, bad, pretty hot. Bad idea. Um, the thing that was most memorable was a conversation that you had with me around what was going on with an intern who was running a class full of kids that you were observing. Oh, that's right. Man, I, I, I can't. I can't remember you actually. You remember that? I don't remember that. Yeah, that's okay. I, it made an impact. So the reason why it made an impact is I watched you do some coaching before that, and I was like, oh, okay, this guy's a really good coach. Thank I've you. seen a lot of really good coaches. So. It stood out to me, but it also was like another really good coach. Then we started talking about what this intern was trying to do in coaching this class. And the way that you were letting him go 
and make some mistakes that were not tragic mistakes while he was mm-hmm. doing it. Um, and the thought that you put into what you would correct and what you would not correct, that's where I was like, huh, this guy's the one I want to be talking to while I'm here. <laughs> so when you're coaching a coach, what are the, how do you kind of plan that hour, for example, how, you know, it's, how do you decide what to stop and what to let go and what to correct and what to not correct? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, I think it comes down to, uh, try to see it from a, a different lens, which is one, uh, as an athlete, uh, how, how is that coach, uh, presenting to you? What is he saying? Uh, is he being clear? Uh, it's an easy to understand the task that is at hand. Uh, the other part is to see it through the lens of uh, another coach, which is, would I be saying the same things that he's saying? Um, you know, is, is the exercise selection or the exercise order the best that it could have been? Um, so it's, it's more about like, almost like comparing, like would have, would have done the same if I was in his position. Um, and, and finally try to see it, uh, you know, as a, as a whole, which is, okay, what is happening in this session? What is the goal of the session? What should be the outcome of this session and how is the coach interacting with the athletes and how is that symbiosis of that relationship is taking place and how it's happening. So it's like three different perspectives. It's like try, having like three different cameras and trying to see from all of them just for a little bit, right? You try to peek through the lens and, and see what you see and then move on and go to the other camera and try to see uh, what's happening from this other lens. Um, and then finally try to put it all together. Uh, the idea is that like uh, Ryan Holiday would say, you know, and the obstacle is the way is, you know, we, we got to make mistakes. Uh, it's all about the challenges and, and nobody learns to ride a bike, a bike by watching someone else riding a bike. So you got to let him get on the bike and fall and get up and ride again and fall and then guide him, right? Give him a little bit of help and, you know, try to organize their thoughts because it's really, it's easier than said and done, right? And, and you, you have to start somewhere. So it's, a, it's about, allowing them to make mistakes, not too big of mistakes, like you said, uh, so no one gets, gets hurt. And also because at the end of the day, we're servicing clients, so they need to receive a, a level of service that it's, it's high enough uh, that if I'm watching and if I need to stop a session or if I need to intervene and jump in and start coaching, I, I will do it, no problem. But yeah. And now, was that something that was taught to you or is it something that was just ingrained in you through influences in your life and the way that maybe you were coached to coach? Uh, I would like to say that is something that I just created, but it's not. Um, I don't think I don't think there's anything that I you know I came up with really. I think um, everything is learned uh, through different experiences. Uh, one being an athlete myself, I practiced a lot of sports growing up, uh, and I had coaches. Um, and uh, two is actually trying to teach that myself uh, and watching other coaches coach. Uh, and and I think that's that's how, that's how you develop that is having that critical eye uh, to be able to try to figure out what is happening and how can it be done better. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a combination of different experiences. There's not just one thing that I can pinpoint, um, but obviously having good mentors always helps. Uh, when I started at Exos in Arizona, I had Nick Winkleman, who a lot of probably your listeners might not know who he is. And I had uh, Benny Slogan, another great coach. So uh, Nicole Rodriguez, who used to be with Boyle for like seven years, and then she came to us. So there were really big time coaches, uh, strength coaches who work uh, next to Arizona, like Brett Bartholomew uh, from Unconscious um, Conscious Coaching, yeah, Unconscious <laughs> Conscious Coaching. <laughs> and um, uh, so there's really, really good coaches who I was able to shadow and observe and learn from. 
So I think uh, I was able to pick up a lot from them. So I would love to be able to take the the energy from the moment and kind of put people in it because I yeah. think that, I think that it's it's really hard to do. And I think that if they understood this, they would they'd be so much more engaged in what we're going to be talking about as we go forward. So yep. when you walk into this facility, I want to make it clear: it is built to impress you. It's not a gym. It's, it's a facility. It's a facility. You walk in, there's the check-in at the front desk, but there's no gym equipment there. You just look through the windows to a 50 yard, that field? Yeah, it's about 50, yeah, 55 yards. To a 55 yard turf field. Then you walk to your right and you walk past all of the sales offices and the managerial offices and you come to a kitchen where you can place your order in the beginning of the day for mm-hmm. the organic fresh food that you want to get later in the day and you can pick the time that your food arrives for you at and you just go show up and it's there it's there it's beautiful then you walk through this hallway that has a phenomenal timeline on the wall of how the company grew and you mm-hmm. come to a smoothie bar with a bunch of different cups that are filled with the materials and the, the minerals and the nutrients and the vitamins that these athletes who train there need so that when their training sessions are over they have their custom smoothies made correct right? the bathrooms have you know, pee color charts on them so that you can know <laughs> what your pee is. And the expression that you guys use is piss excellence, right? It should be the right. right color. Then you walk into the gym that is like a standard Equinox kind of facility. If you know Equinox Fitness, like a high-end fitness gym. And all of these things are there. And to me, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass, the most <laughs> valuable thing in the building was the brain between Jair's ears. And... I can tell that I'm not taking anything away from other coaches who were there. It was clear to me that you weren't looking at this as training, but you were looking at this as life. You were looking at this as how does what I do here impact the way that I do everything else, both as a athlete, as a coach. So when this intern was coaching class, and Jair was kneeling down right on two feet, like, like a dad kneeling down to, to play with his toddler child um, with your little folder that you were writing some notes in. I didn't say anything to him because I wanted to just let you be in that moment because I didn't want to take that attention from you. So when you're listening to this podcast, that's the kind of intent that Jair had when he was on site. And that's the kind of presence that he had with me that everything else was like, borderline forgettable. It was the intention that you had that was such a big deal. So how do, where does that come from? Because there are so many great coaches out there. There were other great coaches at Exos that day. What is it about your life experience and your perspective on life that makes you so different? Um, I, think, I think it's just being very lucky uh, to be where I am today. Uh, I, was, I was born and raised in Mexico. I moved to California when I was 16, uh, went, to, went to high school there, then went to college. Um, I had uh, a lot of support from different people that helped me get to where I am right now. And uh, to, to have achieved what I want, wanted to do and have actually achieved my dream, which is to be a strength coach and work with professional athletes, um, it's something that it's, I'm always grateful for. And uh, I do that every morning. So it's, mm, I recognize uh, that I'm pretty lucky and that I, uh, uh, besides having achieved my goals, now my actually duty in life is to actually pay it, pay it back or pay it forward to better, to better say. And 
And you do that by helping others because at the end of the day, what we're doing in this profession as, as coaches, as yourself and myself, is we help other people achieve their goals, uh, whether it is to get faster, stronger, or get healthier, or become, uh, come back from an injury, it's, it's, it's help. Um, so once you understand your purpose in, in life and you have a mission, uh, then you'll find you know this relentless energy and drive that's always going to continue pushing you to move forward. So that's what it comes from. And and for me, um, it's uh, as an as a former intern um, manager or the intern coordinator for the facility that I did for like four years. Besides being a coach, um, I've always always had this passion to help in those interns because. I, I was an intern myself twice, and I had two different types of experiences within the same company. Uh, one was a fantastic experience. The other one was a uh, uh, not-so-great experience uh, in a way as far as like learning or being mentored. So I realized that I, I had to do something about it, right? So it's kind of like a, almost like a father figure where it's like, oh, I want my kids to do better than I did. So my goal for the interns, uh, it was to, to pay them back by or pay it forward by make sure that I can help them out to develop their coaching skills as much as possible. Because um, I think as our, in our profession, we're very fascinating by, by tools, by learning how to use tools, right? So learning how to use the barbell, learning how to use the rings, learning how to use the TRX, learning how to use the kettlebells, learning how to use the dumbbells, sleds, blah, 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 blah. But the truth of the matter is that the exercises, right, they do matter, but they're not as important as, as what you can bring to the table as a, as a human, as a person, because that's who you're dealing with at the end of the day. You're dealing with another human, not a machine. Um, so your interactions, your, the connections that you can uh, build uh, through your coaching session, uh, like you said, your intense, your energy, your presence, those are things that are soft skills that they're not taught in school. Right. Uh, in fact, I mean, in my uh, experience, I wasn't even taught how to put a program together. But I, I learned a lot of the basic principles. Right. I have the the main tools to do it. But when it comes to those soft skills of communication and how to how to how to how to present yourself to the group, where to stand in a group, how to organize a group if it's twenty people, if you have twenty yards, if you have ten yards, all those things, nobody teaches you that. So. And I think that's what makes a difference between a good coach, an okay coach, and a not so good coach. Um, besides just you know being a good mover or, or or being fit yourself, that's that's not necessarily I think the most important requirements. Um, so yeah, I think that it comes down to is being able to give back something that I've been able to be get exposed to through watching other great coaches at Exos. And, and my experience myself coaching in different parts of the world. So you said so much there that I need to unpack now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so first things first, um, you said I'm a strength coach to professional athletes. Now, when I look at you, I want you to take this as a compliment. <laughs> you don't Thank look you. like a professional football player. Not not American football now. <laughs> not American football, correct. Maybe maybe a Mexican football player. But, the, but so, the other football, yeah. Right. But so the question is, I think that for a lot of people, especially those who are coaches and personal trainers and strength and conditioning, they, they have this perception that if they want to coach people at a certain level, they need to also be at that level themselves. How do you, first of all, answer that? And second of all, get over the idea that you're not. 
Hmm. That's, that's a good question because I think, um, yes, it's very common that a lot of coaches or strength coaches work with athletes who are former players and uh, of that sport. And I think that's obviously very beneficial. Um, uh, for example, for me, I, 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 I play soccer growing up. Um, I never really play at a high level or anything. I stopped playing actually in high school but it helps me connect and relate to the athletes a lot better. Plus, like you said, I don't look like an American football player unless I was like a wide receiver, maybe, but, um, in high school, <laughs> but, but, yeah, in, but in, in Maryland high school, football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, uh, as a soccer player, like I've, you know, working with soccer teams, I've been actually confused by a player or I've, people thought that I'm actually a player myself. So yes, it helps. Uh, and it's important, but I think what's also more important is that, you know, what you're talking about. And we're talking about movement here. We're not talking about sport. Uh, what we teach as strength coaches, we teach movement, we teach skills that are not, uh, specific. And I think that's something that we need to make a distinction is that, uh, strength and conditioning is general uh, as general preparation. Now I'm not talking about JPP here. I'm talking about just general preparation for fitness qualities and abilities that we want to develop sport is specific, right? So there's nothing that I can do within an Exos facility or anywhere else that it will be similar or even remotely close to playing any type of football or uh, rugby or basketball, right? There's nothing I can mimic that is going to be like playing basketball. Basketball is basketball. Squatting is squatting. There's a connection and relationship between those two. But I think we need to understand that it's about movement. It's about uh, physical abilities that we're trying to develop. So you don't have to be a former athlete. You don't have to uh, even look the part. Um, Yes, it helps. I think it helps to know the sport, to understand the basics on the sport. And like Mike Boyle will say, you got to speak coach, which means you have to be able to understand their language and their lingo and how some certain movements relate to certain things in their sport. But you don't have to be an expert. I love that. I think that's such a valuable way of thinking. And and for those people who are listening, I want to be clear. Jair is not a overweight underway like he's, he's a healthy looking dude he just he just he doesn't show up and you're like whoa that guy's stacked right and and that's what i think a lot of people pick yeah. from the strength coach who's going to be working with professional football players They're like wow right. shoulders like boulders um there is a similar build to me so, so, yeah there you go. And, and sean sorry interrupting but it's something that something that you will notice if you go to any exos facility is that I can almost guarantee that none of our coaches will truly impress you by their physique. Yes, they might look fit. They look in shape. We're obviously, like you say, we're not going to be overweight or anything like that. Um, but we're not going to be like, you know, your bodybuilder type or like your, um, no offense, not even not a CrossFit looking guy, you know, like jacked. We're mm-hmm. just fit. But I think something that I can say is that when you watch us move, when you watch us sprint, jump, change direction, or do any type of movement in the weight room, I guarantee that you'll be impressed by that. You'll be like, wow, this person moves very well, very clean, very coordinated. And that attracts athletes. Like we have athletes all the time telling us, damn, like you, you make it look easy or, or you do this, this drill better than, better than I do. Right. And it has nothing to do with size. It has nothing to do with the, with the, the, the seek because movement is movement. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's being a master of, the the craft as opposed to the master of the outcome of the work that we go into it. 
Yeah, yeah, I think you can, if you can put it that way, yes. Well, what it's, I mean by that is there, there are people who are, let's face it, they're gifted with these physiques that are like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to have the body that Julio Jones has. It's just <laughs> not going to happen. No matter how hard I work, I'm not going to grow to six foot three and I'm not going to grow to <laughs> five pounds. That being said, me, if I work hard, I can move like he can move or, yeah. or maybe or better. And, and if that's what I'm focused on, well, then he's going to see that I've done the work to achieve the thing that he wants. He already has the body. You don't need yeah. that. So follow up to that is what made you move from Mexico to the U.S.? Um, that's, that's an interesting question. Um, I knew I wanted to do something with sports and um, I looked into different options as far as like, what could I study? And in, in, in Mexico and in most of the Latin American countries, they only have physical education as uh, a career, as a degree, right? That you can go study. Um, that was that was not enough for me. That was that was not an option. And I was like, I need, I want to do something else. Like I want to work with athletes. I, I actually, believe it or not, did not know about strength and conditioning as a, as a field. I knew there were like coaches that maybe work with athletes. I had no idea what it was. So I just decided to move. And uh, I was lucky enough that I already had a green card and, you know, I could live in the States. So um, it was a very, uh, it was an easier transition. So just, yeah, just move and started going to school. And uh, when I went to a community college in California, I realized that there was such a thing as uh, strength and conditioning as a field. And um, when I heard that, um, I knew that's what I wanted to do. So, so for people listening, that's the definition of massive action. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, quitting your job today and doing something crazy tomorrow. It has to be that Jaya recognized that there wasn't an opportunity to do what he wanted to do where he was. So he moved to where that opportunity was. Simple, <laughs> simple, simple, but massive. Now, to follow up on that, you talked about Mike Boyle saying you don't have to be the great athlete to be the great coach, but you do have to talk coach. Yeah. And that's, that's the lingo. And I remember the same intern who we were talking about earlier, I forget his name. So forgive me for that. But we were at the, um, the smoothie bar and we were just talking about life. We were shooting the shooting yeah. about life and coaching and mindset. And one of the things that you said to him that I then actually turned into one of our posts was yeah, I saw it. <laughs> be, be the chef, not the cook. Right. And I mean, I did get some pushback from, line cooks who were like chef is a you know an anointed position we can have the same skills like whatever you get the point so can you talk about that saying yeah i i believe i heard it first from mike boyle i've been listening to the strength coach podcast you know since 2000 and i don't know 2009 i think 2008 has been a while now that i started listening to him and uh i believe i heard it from him at first actually this morning i was listening to another podcast with fergus fergus Connolly, um another great strength coach and uh he actually they actually were talking about the same thing like this analogy of of being a chef not a cook um and and i think it's, it's such a fantastic analogy because it reminds you that uh, in our field, we tend to be uh, a lot of cook, or we tend to do a lot of cooking, meaning that uh, we look at an Instagram post and we see this fantastic exercise, or back in the day it was uh, YouTube, and we will be like, oh, that's a cool exercise. And then we just go and replicate it, right? You just go and copycat and do it, but without truly understanding of what's the meaning behind it, what's the purpose of that exercise, how do that exercise fits in my program, how do that exercise fits in the program of that person. And uh, to make it even more important is 
do I fit this exercise to the person or the, the, does the person fits to the exercise? I said that again is, is we always try to fit exercises to people when in reality, what we need to make happen is adjust the exercise to, to, to really fit the needs of the person, not vice versa. Sorry, I think I said it backwards. It's like we always try to fit people into exercises when in reality, that's not only should happen is it should happen is that we accommodate exercises to fit to the needs of the people. So that's being a cook, right? It's just following a recipe who anybody truly can do, right? It doesn't take a lot. You open a book, you look at the recipe, you follow step by step, right? A gram of this, or sorry, a pound of this, or a couple ounces of this, right? Two cups of this, uh, turn on the oven for uh, 10 minutes at 350. Anybody can do that. And if you follow the steps by steps, you should get a nice cake. But truly, is that what coaching is? No, it's not. Being a coach is like being a chef where you need to have the principles. You need to understand the principles of biochemistry, which is the principles of cooking and how the ingredients interrelate to each other. In this case, the principles for us are the principles of biomechanics, physics, chemistry, uh, biology, physiology. And understanding those principles allows you to cook whatever you want. And once you understand them, then you can adapt any exercise to fit the, uh, to fit the needs of the person. Uh, and then you can select, adjust, modify, uh, just like a chef will do whenever they're trying to cook a nice cake. They don't really need to follow a recipe. You just tell them, hey, I want a, I want a tres leches, right? I want a chocolate cake. And, and they'll tell you, okay, what kind of chocolate cake you want? And you can tell them what type of chocolate cake you want. And they'll be like, all right, come back in two hours and they'll make it happen. And in the process, they'll adjust the ingredients. They try taste sample, add a little bit more of this, a little more of that and make something great. But not because, not because they're just cool or gifted. It's because they understand the principles and they know how to manage those principles. So long story short, that's the difference between being a chef and a cook. And for us as coaches, I think it's important to, to use an analogy to have a goal and say, hey, I want to be a chef. I don't want to be a cook who just follows recipes, watches people, people's workouts online, and I just go and copy, copy them. It's like, why are you doing them? How's, how does that benefit you? And does that, does that exercise or those programs fit you or your clients or are you actually making your client fit into a program that is not necessarily good for them? Well, so I don't know if this counts as a pushback or if it's just a question. <laughs> it's, no, it's good. So when I'm the intern coach in, in yeah. your, or when I'm a new coach anywhere, isn't it important to follow a recipe and to, to figure out how to whisk an egg? to figure out how to turn an oven on and how to know if the heat is right, to figure out what a pinch of salt is as, as opposed to a handful. Isn't it important to, to follow recipes for a while and then learn the principles of where those recipes came from? Or do you think it's better to learn principles first? Uh, I think, I think that's a great question. I'm happy you actually follow up with that. You're a very smart man, Sean. Um, that's, that's where we're Thanks. going next. So, um, interesting or not this morning, listen to the podcast, the strength cut podcast, right? Anthony ran and talking, talking to Fergus Connolly, they were exactly touching the same point, which is, okay, first you need to follow recipes, right? You're not experienced enough cook, I'm sorry, chef to be able to just be creative or you're going to burn that cake or that cake is going to taste. Oh. Yep, that taste that, that cake is going to taste terrible. You touch sorry, your- I just, I'm sorry, I got I started my phone started ringing. I was a phone call, but okay. um, anyway, sorry about that. About that. So, um, so yeah, you might burn that cake, or that taste is going to taste pretty crappy. So, 
so yes, at the beginning, you had to be a, a cook, right? You had to get your hands dirty and you had to start cooking. And that means following other recipes. But as you do it, you had to do it consciously and you had to constantly be seeking for improvement and learn from those experiences. Because if you do it just mindless, right? you just follow the recipe step by step and you don't really thought about the process that goes into it, you're never going to become a chef because a chef was a cook once, but eventually through repetition, mastery, uh, self-criticism and guidance from a, from a mentor or from a coach or from an instructor, were able to develop the skills that actually they needed to uh, attain to become a chef. So yes, follow the recipes, but you have to think about them. You can't just go and copy paste. That's not, that's, that's not, I mean, that's not that's not effective learning. That's that's just replication, and replication is not learning. So I, I love what you just said there, and I'm going to sell my wife out here. So my wife, <laughs> she's not a great cook, I, and neither of us are chefs. Okay, but I can okay. I, I I have the ability to take a bunch of ingredients from the table and from the closet and say, what can we make with this, and end up right. making something that tastes pretty good. Now, that's if you said, cool. hey, can you make me a chocolate cake? I'm like, no idea what to do. I, have, I wouldn't even know where to start. So I'm not a chef, but I'm, I'm an intentional cook, right? My wife made phenomenal broccoli a few weeks ago because I needed her to jump in and do some cooking. I'm like, babe, okay. this broccoli was awesome. What did you do? And she's like, no idea. I got lucky. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> oh. If, how long, well, I'm like, all right, well, what temperature is the, the oven on? She's like, I think it's set at 400. And then like, I started to smell it. So I switched it to broil or something. I'm like, how long was it before you switched it? And she's like, I, I, I don't know. How much olive oil did you use? I have no idea. I just sprayed it. I'm like, no. so there's no way you could ever do this again. Right. Exactly. And, you cannot replicate it. Yes. And that's the point. It's the, the, the coach. It, it's fine. My wife doesn't have to be a great cook, right? But she's a great teacher because when she makes mistakes in school, she's like, this is where I made the mistake. I was trying to do this and I, I made the wrong turn. So next time I won't make that wrong turn. She's conscious there. For the coach, the example mm-hmm. I was providing was, right, if you just take the workout that somebody else wrote mm-hmm. and you execute it and everything goes wrong, and you're not paying attention to each piece and internalizing why it went wrong. What could I have done differently? What, how could I have communicated differently? How could I have set the room up differently? Could I have had more prep work before it? Like there's so many questions to ask. And if you're not asking them, you're always going to need the cookbook. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, uh, I'm glad you, I'm glad you described it in that way. And, and, and I think when, when you talk about the cookbook here, if, if I may, you're, you're talking about always following other people's recipes, always mm-hmm. looking at other people's workouts and not being able to come up with your own training um, and training philosophy and training, um, uh, yeah, training philosophy, which, which then is going to leave you limited because then you can only do what other people are doing. But then when it comes to the true adaptation, and it goes back to this, this concept of do we make exercises fit into people or we make people fit into exercises and and i think that's that's what the that what the true art is being a coach or a trainer is that you understand the basic principles and the the basic ingredients and now you can adjust them to get to the recipe or to get to the to the to cook or whatever it is that you want to to make and that's what makes a chef right um 
otherwise you know you're always copying and then you can sometimes you can't even replicate it because you don't even understand what happened so you have to be conscious to unconscious uh of what's hap- what's working what's not working and why are you doing what you're doing for sure and and so you've moved from mexico to california to scottsdale arizona and now you're traveling all over the world as a coach <laughs> yeah. kudos to you nice job Thanks, sir you're welcome. <laughs> thank you <laughs> What's the next goal? I, I and I ask this in a very for a very specific reason. Okay. Um, one of my mentors talks about the idea of you need the goal after the goal. If yeah. you only have the goal, you hit it, you stagnate, and flat lines get drawn to the ground. But yeah. a flat line that's just staying right here, eventually gravity's gonna pull that sucker down and we die. Mm-hmm. And he talked about in his case, uh, he was a rapper in I want to say like the early nineties mm-hmm. and like a, a white rapper and he got a record deal, but he never thought about getting a second record deal or having a hit album. It was just, I want to get a record deal. So he did. And he never got a second one. And he never had a hit album and he, nothing, nothing major ever came of it. And then he had to move home as on his resume, he had rapper and pool attendant. Okay. Right. He's like, okay, so so now I mean he's he's gone on to to found some major companies and to do some amazing work. But when I talk to high achievers, there's always a yeah, so so we so we won the whole thing and then on Tuesday I went back to working out for the next it doesn't have to be a tangible thing that you necessarily know, but do you have another goal in mind? I think I have a few a few dreams, um, a few ideas. Uh, I think one of them is actually uh, at some points becoming a consultant uh, for other facilities that I'd be able to go in and help them from the layout to um, coaching perspective, educating their coaches and um, just helping them improve overall. Right. Um, I think that's something that I I would like to maybe consider in the future to do Uh, one for the freedom that it will allow me to have with my time, uh, which is the, the thing that I value the most. Uh, especially to do the things that I enjoy, like mountain biking, surfing, hiking, running, and playing around. Uh, that's what I think I, I like doing in my, in my life, uh, besides obviously coaching. Uh, so that's one idea. Uh, the other idea is to uh, hopefully uh, I get a phone call from a big, big time soccer team, and they want me to come over and help them with their um, academy or with their developmental uh you know, um, teams, not with their first team. I don't really care about that. I've been there, done that. And I want to work with the youth. Um, and I would love to be able to create a program that allows them to, um, to, you know, truly become the the best athletes they can be. So that's another, another dream or another idea that I have. And, uh, the third, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I think those are legit. And now the question I guess that I have to ask you is, are you, are those things that are on the back burner right now because you're really enjoying your progression and in your life or are those things that are like, no, 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 these are the steps I need to take to achieve those goals. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's both Sean. I mean, I've, I've been a person who's been always, you know, I've always set my sails and said, all right, let's see when, where the wind takes me and, and has worked pretty well for me. It doesn't mean that it might work in the future. Um, I'm always, I think, uh, just aware of where is the wind coming from. And if there's a specific 
way that I need to move or project myself, I'll do it. Um, so I think it's more important for me to be able to recognize opportunity when it knocks in the door and understand when it's time to say yes and when it's time to say no. Um, I've been invited to work with soccer teams in different parts of the world already, and I've actually declined, um, which is which is weird. Most most people, I, I mean, it's, it's just something crazy. I, I talk to people and other coaches younger than me, and they're like, oh my gosh, I would have taken that job in, in Harvey. And I'm like, yeah, no, I was not ready. So you got to be able to recognize, you know, when to say yes and when to say no uh, uh, with opportunities in your life. And I think that's one of the hardest things to do because you don't really know. Right? There's no guarantees um, uh, in this life except for taxes and debt. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's just a matter of taking that gamble. But I, at the end of the day, it's, it's, you know, it's trying to recognize and anticipate the, what the next best move is. As of now, I'm in a very privileged position to be able to coach other coaches uh, with a with a very solid company, which is Exos, um, and very highly recognized all around the world. So um, I'm I'm happy to do this for for a couple of years. I you know I travel almost uh, almost six months probably out of this year. Um, I will say maybe five five months another year. I was on the road. Um, so it's something that's not truly sustainable for many years, but the impact that I can have, uh, and the way that I can pay forward with this, going back to the beginning of our conversation, uh, Sean is it's, it's unprecedented. Um, you know, like if I go and help other coaches, 20 other coaches become better coaches and learn better systems and become, or get closer to become a chef, um, ah, the, the impact that I'll have, it's, it's exponential. Right? So, those coaches. Sorry, go on. I think, I think we're having a little bit of communication issue now. Sure. Nope. I heard you. You said, cause the impact will be oh, exponential okay. because those coaches will. Right. Yeah. Those coaches will go and coach other 50 people, a hundred people. Right. So that's, that's, that's a lot of people that I'll be able to, to touch uh, and help through other people. And like I said, the, the goal in life for me is, is, is to help other people. It doesn't matter how or, or, or with whom. Okay. It's, so, it's so how do you, 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 you described yourself as a sail and use the metaphor of the wind at the sail, defining the direction that you go. And yeah. in part, I think for you, that's true. And in part, it's a misrepresentation of your intention. And what I mean by that is, to me, that statement sounds very reactive, right? It's like, oh, well, wherever the wind takes me, I'm going to end up. And yet you've turned down opportunities because that was the wrong wind. How do you decide which gusts are the ones that you're <laughs> supposed to set sail with and which gusts are the ones that you're supposed to say, I think that's a false breeze that's going to go away pretty quick? To be honest, I don't know. It's just, you just, you just, you just, hey, when you don't know, you don't know. So I, you know, it's just, you don't, you just feel it in the moment. You just, you just follow your gut instinct and uh, use a pinch of rationale and heart to make the decision. And you just place your bet down on the table and go for it. Right. Yeah. So Jair just used the three most valuable words in coaching, in my opinion. Adaptability. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's those, just... those, are, those, are, those are three most valuable words in coaching, in my opinion. Because if 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 every time that somebody asks you something, you have to give them an answer, and you then you end up starting to make things up. Oh, and if you're making things up, then eventually you're going to make something up that doesn't work, and you're going to lose credibility and trust. Mm-hmm. Where if you're willing to say, "I don't know," well, that that leads to a cool. 
I appreciate your honesty. So right. when, you, when you tell me something, I'm just going to believe it to be true. <laughs> so yeah. so how, how does a young coach who is like, I want to be like Jair, like what do they, what do they do? Because it's, it's not a clear path of how to get where you've gotten. No chance. No so chance. Ah, I think it's a multifaceted approach. Um, one, I think it needs to start within yourself and uh, self-education. It's it's basically free, not free of intent and and effort, but I mean it's free in the sense that uh, podcasts, right? Uh, podcast mm-hmm. has become one of my main sources of education. Um, audiobooks have become my second biggest source of education, where you know you can listen to. I don't know, five, six times the amount of books that you will read in a year. Um, um, another thing you need to do is you need to try to gain as much experience as you can uh, within the field that you want to be in or related to it. So meaning if you have to go and coach little kids for free, if you had to do it out of your garage, if you had to do it at the park, um, just you have to get repetitions in, right? You had to Going back to the analogy that we're talking to chef and cook, you got to start cooking. You can't just be looking at a recipes on Pinterest all day and thinking that's going to make you a, a coach. It won't happen. That won't make you a chef either. So you need to start cooking and cooking meaning, hey, get to coach and train whoever allows you to do so and make mistakes. Don't hurt them, but make mistakes and be conscious enough to be aware of what mistakes you're making and learn from them, right? Be very highly critical, self-critical. Uh, be nice to you, but be critical of everything that you do and, and ask always, how can I do this better? How can I become better? Um, the third is, it's um, or the fourth, whatever that is, um, just go and visit facilities, go talk to other coaches, go maybe try to find a mentor, try to find someone who can guide you. Remember the craziest thing, Sean, about our field, think about it. I don't know really who's listening, but coaches and trainers, once again, I think, I think I might be wrong, but one of our main objectives is to help other people, right? Uh, if I wanted to become rich by doing this, I'm in the wrong field, right? I should have studied engineering or business administration or something else. Um, but doctor, I should have been a doctor. Um, so no, 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 no. <laughs> just kidding. Maybe a surgeon, but go on. Anyway, a surgeon, there you go, plastic surgeon in, in Scottsdale. There you go, that would have done it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyways, um, yeah, I need, you, need to, you need to go talk to people in your field because they're always willing to help. The craziest thing, Sean, that I've realized and a little later in my life, because uh, by the way, I'm 36, um, is that we're always afraid to ask for help. Just like you said that the most important three words in coaching or in training, being a trainer is I don't know, right? We never want to recognize that we're wrong, that we don't know, that we're scared, that we're afraid, and we need some guidance and we need some help, right? We always want to pat on our chest and say, I know it all. I can do it. I can do it on my own, right? Because that's part of our culture in America, right? It's like self-made America, right? But the reality is that nobody made it on their own. If you listen to the greatest, highest achievers, right? If you listen to the Tim Ferriss podcast, you listen to the Tony Robbins, you know, they're always interviewing the high achievers. They never made it on their own. They always had, had someone to help them out. Well, coaching and coaches, we tend to be a little bit more uh, hard-headed and we're like, no, I'm going to make it on my own. You don't. So if you seek for someone to help you out, if you ask for help from someone, 
the chances are they're going to say yes, because first of all, that's what we like to do in our field. We like, we like to help people. So you need to reach out to people. You need to go visit facilities. So I agree with you and I disagree with you. I think the way that you ask for help has to be calculated. Right. You know, what I mean by that is, don't just start DMing Jair. Hey, I need your help. <laughs> right. You have to. You have to bring value first. And just because you're not the great coach yet, doesn't mean that you don't have value for the great coach. How could, how could you make somebody like Jair's life easier, which makes him want to teach you the things that you need to learn. Right. Oh, it's, it's not just right. hey, can I follow you around twenty four seven. Right. No way. Because who's got time for that? And helping somebody takes away time that we have from helping ourselves. So it's, it's, it's a question of, I can help you. I will help anybody who makes my life easier and enables me the opportunity to help them. Right. That's, that's the hard thing. That's, 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 a, that's a really good question, Sean, because I think uh, I do get a couple, you know, DMs on my Instagram or whatever. And then like, hey, like I follow you. You do cool stuff. Like how can I do what you do? Or where do I start? And that, that's great. That's a great way to start. It's a great question. But to be honest, with the resources that we have today, Sean, I think it will, it, I, I will find it, I will appreciate it a little bit more if you do a little bit of your own homework. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of information out there. So when when people ask me, like, and you tell and ask you, what do I read? Like, what book you recommend? And like, hey man, like, if you would have typed best strength and conditioning books, and you know, on Google, you would actually come up with a good list. Now, do your own homework, right? Show me that you're 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 driven enough to. Hey, Jair, already already did my homework. I found this list of five books. Which of these five books do you think is the best that I start? Now we're talking. Now we're talking about someone who's not continuously looking for recipes. Because when you ask me which book do I look, you just want for the recipe. You just want the quick fix, but you haven't really put any, put any thought into it. So I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be as excited to mentor you when you're basically just asking for a recipe. When in reality, you ask when you ask me for what ingredients do I use to make this because I already already I studied this and I already know that I want to go this way. What ingredients have you used? I'm like, oh, okay, this is someone who's put a little bit of thought into and a little bit of energy and 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 desire, and now is getting a little more specific. You know what I mean? So yeah, I love that's, that. That's I think that that's a that's a much better approach when you go to someone, right? Rather than just like, hey man, help me out. Like, (laughs) when somebody comes like that and says, help me out, I I don't know what to do. What the person who is hearing that is really hearing is, this is going to take a lot of work. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) If if, if you come to the person who you want help from and you say something like, hey, I've recently gone to the library, I went through Google, and I took out these five strength books. Because they're the ones that are most regularly recommended. I really value your opinion. Have you read any of these? And what order would you recommend I read them in? Yeah, exactly. Something along those lines. I can answer that question. It's very easy for me to answer that question. Exactly. And and you know what? The most interesting thing is that actually that sparks a different type of conversation. Always. Right? Because it's like, whoa, wait, let me tell you about this. This book is about this and and that. Now we can have a different conversation rather than just like, well, yeah, there's like a hundred great books. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what will be the best for you. Um, yeah, just pick one. Like now, like that that allows right. you to have a better 
better understanding of where this person is coming from and then you can you can guide them a little better but yeah i think i think those are the the way the different ways that you can attain this um the visiting facilities exposing yourself um you know being humble enough to be able to you know ask for help in the right way or in the most educated way i guess if you can say that um those are ways that you can attain this this is this is this is a very challenging field and i don't know if you follow the sports of science or science for sport science for sport uh but they just put it they just put a post uh, like about a week ago i was i was in brazil and i showed it to the people in brazil which highlighted uh in an infographic the the medium the median income for a strength and conditioning coach in america and it was 41k the hourly medium uh uh pay is like it was like nine dollars an hour something like that sean i don't know if you're aware but you'll make more money working for starbucks yep or in and out Mm -hmm. like it's (laughs) it's just mind-blowing right it's just to to see that and and you have to be aware that this is going to be a very challenging field especially if you if your dream is to work with athletes which is very sexy and everybody wants to do it Right, everybody. Not everybody. Sorry, not, not like general license, but yeah, a lot right. of a lot of people who go into strength and conditioning coaching, right? They're like, I want to work with athletes, right? Because it sounds sexy, but the truth of the matter is, I like, think about it. How many strength coaches do you know a basketball team have? One, maybe mm-hmm. maybe one and the assistant. So mm-hmm. that's two per team. How many teams are in, in the country? All right, thirty-two. So do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, good luck trying to get out of, you know, one of those 32 seats. <laughs> yep. No, I, 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 hate I, I agree. I, I made that number up. I think it's 32, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't, know. Don't, don't, don't throw hate at me, listeners. I don't, uh, I don't know. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> no. And, and here's the thing. I always say to people, uh, you can't get into anything for the money. That being said, if you want to be able to stay in something, you have to figure out how to make enough money. Because, because I would be willing to bet that you're making more than 41K. You don't need to tell me what you make, but I bet it's more than 41. Yes, it and, is, hopefully. <laughs> yes. and, anyway, and so, thankfully, so, thankfully. But, but so what happens is I imagine that if you look at the, if we looked at like a an infographic and we had all of the coaches who were making, let's say, 70K and up, they would be on one side of the the infographic. Yeah. Everybody else would be on, there'd be three columns, 70K and right. up, 41 to 70 and below 41K. Right. I bet you that the people between zero and 41K would have almost 100% turnover inside of five years. Yeah, probably. And, and that the group between 41 and 70 would probably have like a 50% turnover within yeah. the same five years. So it's, you can make that money. You can get to being somebody who does it professionally. You just have to decide that that's important to you and, and make sure you position yourself to do it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, I think it is, I think it's possible. I, I, don't, I don't think anything is impossible. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just a matter of being in the right place, uh, knowing the right people, having the right knowledge, and having a pinch of luck. Yep. And, and for, for those guys out there who just heard that, there are a lot of places that are the right place if you make them the right place. That, that too. So in closing, Jair, give me something that, and this, this has flown by. This is a great interview. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for your <laughs> Thanks, time. Man. No, thank you. Uh, if, if there was something that you could impart on people 
as you can say anything you want in the world, what is something that you adopted into your mindset that if other people adopted into theirs, life would be better? Oh, um, can we take it two ways? Because I've always, I've always, I've, I was thinking about this going into the podcast and I was like, I want to give your listeners something tangible that they can take away and apply on yeah. Monday. Well, Monday now because it's going to be Christmas, but the next well, time they have a, co- a training, a coaching session. So okay. we'll take it two ways. Uh, one is going to be from the coaching side of things, um, uh, coaching trainer side of things is how to become a better coach, how to become a better trainer. Uh, the other thing is going to be more of the personal life type of, type of scenario. So yep. I go on the personal side first. Um, um, one, it's uh, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Um, you know, once you recognize that, the best way to learn is by making mistakes. And as long as you're willing to learn from your mistakes, um, you're not as afraid anymore of, of making mistakes. You're not scared anymore to make mistakes. Uh, and a lot of times that fear of making mistakes paralyzes, right? It doesn't allow us to grow because then I, I try to guard myself so much from failure that then I'm not truly really learning. So that's number one. Uh, and number two going back to our conversation to try to put it all together is that don't be afraid to recognize that you don't know something. It's okay not to know. It's totally fine. What's not okay is not to be willing to learn. So my good friend, uh, Craig Livingston from LA, right? He, he likes to say, be an, be a learn it all, not a know it all. And, and that's, that's, I love that saying, right? Because in our field, we try to always like, you know, like, Oh, know everything is not you will never know everything in the moment that you recognize that the more you know the less you know and that there's so much to learn and it goes beyond muscles and exercises it's more about people <laughs> and culture um you, you realize that it never ends so be 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 willing to make mistakes and be willing to recognize that you don't know something but that you're in the process of learning and that you will never stop learning because that's the only thing you can do. So that's going to be on the personal side. Those, those two, two pointers on the coaching side of things. Uh, I want to make it very tangible for people to apply this. And this is, this is, I don't want to sound cocky, but this is like a gift, something that we teach in, in our education courses, uh, for, for coaches, obviously, and trainers. So when it comes to coaching, and this is going to wrap up with everything that we talk about, and I'm impressed by the way, Sean, the way you rec- you remember the facility. Not, it seems like you it made a significant impression on you because you walked me through the building in my mind, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Um, uh, two, you remember the session pretty well in our conversations and one went down, and that was pretty impressive as well. Uh, and it was about coaching. It was about what was happening with this, with this intern who was leading a session, right? And the way we, we, we break it down for the, for the interns or for any, any other coach who's trying to get better is to always coach thinking about these three things. You always coach the what. What is it that they need to do? What is the movement? Right? What is it that you need to ask them to do? So the what is the easy thing. The what is the recipe, right? The squat. What? I want you to sprint 10 yards. That's easy. Anybody can do it. You just have to describe the movement. Two is the how. How do they need to do the movement? How can they do this movement better? How do they need to adjust this movement to fit with their physiology and their abilities and capacities? So the how is that connects the, the, how, the, the what and what really starts involving a coach, a true coach, a chef, 
right? Because the chef is going to be able to adjust and accommodate the needs to whatever recipe they're trying to build. And finally, <laughs> to connect everything else, you have to coach the why. And this is where you have to speak coach, like Mike Boyle would say. So the why is to help the athlete or your clients understand how this movement, how this exercise, how this, all these repetitions are going to help them attain their goal. How do this movement or exercise relates to their sport, to their position, and how is this going to make them better? And the why, it's what creates trust and buy-in. So now we have these three elements that you have to be conscious within the training session, within every single movement, every single thing that you program of the what is it that is being asked to do, the how is how they need to do it, and how they're going to modify it to make it happen for them, and the why is why this matters to them, and why this is going to help them get better and get closer to their goals. So next time you're coaching, make sure you coach the what, the how, and the why. Awesome. What I love about <laughs> what I love about that is in both cases, you talk to people about how they can be more impactful for other people mm-hmm. through mindset and communication. And neither of those things talk about what, you know, how do you get yours? And the way that you get yours is by making sure other people get theirs. Yeah. And I love it. It was great. Jair, again, I want to acknowledge you. you. You obviously made an impression. We don't talk very often. You're out in Arizona and wherever you are in the world doing your thing. But you obviously made an impression on me to, to the point that, I, I don't mind saying this on the air, you're the only person's name I remember from when I was there. Damn. Thank you. And that's, that's, that's a compliment, my friend. I, yes, and it's not a knock on the rest of them. I just The way I work, the way my mind works is... I imprint on what I believe to be the most important thing at any given moment and to learn everything I can about or from that person or thing. So I was like, you know what? If nothing else happens here, and I went there with a totally different intent. It was to learn and it was to see if there was an opportunity for active life to work with excellence. Um, My intent switched the moment that I saw you coaching a class. So I appreciate you having that influence on me. No, thank thank you, man, for being in touch. Uh, and and to to mark my own words, um, I'm gonna come visit you. I'm I'm been trying that. I know you invited me to one of your courses, and I really wanted to go, but then it didn't coincide with my schedule. But this year, I'm gonna make it happen. Uh, I want right. to come over and uh, spend a couple of days and, and watch you watch you guys work. I know you guys do a fantastic work out there. I like your your mindset and mentality and philosophy as for for coaching and training. Um, uh, and I want to learn. I need to, I need to learn as well. I need to learn from would, other people. I would, I would love to have you. We have, we have six scheduled this year already. Um, none of them are going to be in Arizona as of yet, but, uh, right. we have right now, Virginia, Atlanta, um, trying to think my mind through it. Palm beach, Florida, uh, Boston, LA. That's Awesome. There's one more that I'm, Oh, New Jersey. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. And by the time that this airs, we'll probably have another three. So this, this man, I'm proud of you and happy for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I look forward to seeing you sometime this year. Sean, um, happy holidays. Uh, I know you have a baby, uh, coming your way. So, um, wish your, uh, your wife and yourself, uh, the best, uh, with this new, uh, Um, miracle. So um, congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that.
All right. And Jared, where can people find you? Um, they can, uh, they can find me on social media as far as, uh, Instagram. And that's where I'm the most active, uh, at coach underscore Jair. That's uh, J A I R. Um, that's when they'll find me. If they follow also, um, uh, at Exos education, um, they'll probably see a lot of posts that come, uh, from me as well. So there'll be two places they can find me. Uh, and if they want to, someone wants to get in touch with me, uh, personally, they can reach me to, uh, to my email. That's, um, uh, J, uh, Lee, that's J L E E at team exos.com. Uh, so shoot me an email. If you want to get in touch with me, if I can help you in any way, um, hashtag pay forward. All right. Thank you, Jerry. Appreciate your time, my man. Thank you for, thank you for your time. Thank you for, for, uh, allowing me to be in your podcast. And, um, I, that's going to be weird to actually listen to me and yourself talking. <laughs> well, I'll do it. I'll do it because Hey, I need to learn. I need yeah, to learn. Yeah, yeah. So if, if I listen to the, the show, I'll be able to pick out, you know, like, Hey, where I can actually get better. That's it. For sure. <laughs> All right, man. Have a good one. So um, take care. Bye-bye. That's a wrap for another Active Life podcast, guys. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you're going to wherever you listen to podcasts and leaving us a five-star rating and a review. We want to grow this thing. We want to change the world. It's not about movement. It is a movement. Please help us out with that. Remember, until next time, turn pro.